When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chevalier Mortgage. You can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com where you can get signed up for a free consultation and to discuss all of your options as well as get free DNVR merch. Check it out today. I'm sure you've heard about the great mortgage rates out there right now, but Mike and Virginia are not your typical mortgage company. Yes, they do have the phenomenal rates, but what makes them different is that Mike is a certified financial planner and looks at so much more than just rate when designing your home loan. Plus, they're a small family-owned company just like us here at DNVR, so you'll always feel like a person and not a number. Again, head on over to dnvrmortgage.com and check them out today. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley. Going to be getting into some of the Avs competition today in the Central Division, at least, as well. Let's face it, the Avs actually have to play in a real division this season. So, you know, they might have to actually pay attention to things and not get to play San Jose seven times. Uh, We'll get into all that. Upside? Downside? On what? Not playing California seven times each? Uh, I mean, both sides. Little A, little B. Upside is there aren't a bunch of 830 starts. I guess it was eight eight times. <clears throat> was it eight times? Yeah, it was seven teams eight times. I thought it was... Oh, no, nah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Still, that's way picking, too many. Picking nits. It's too many. Yeah. Um, yeah, such a tough division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the toughest to uh, to not lose your mind, perhaps. Yeah, because there were all the California games and then Arizona, which a like, whole lot of bad. Yeah, the abs the abs have owned Arizona pretty good. So well, they still get to do that in division this year. So. Yeah, that part transfers. That's nice. That's that plays on our our list of threats. Arizona in the Central Division is it's probably at the, at the bottom. Yeah, no, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. So, uh, no Vegas this year is. Do we do we each? Let's just start. I guess top and bottom. Do we each have Colorado still at the top? I do. Okay, I do too. Uh, even even my trying to find the pessimism, I'm like it would take a major injury to a key player. Yep. Or multiple for it to be. Uh, it. For me to go outside Colorado to yeah, win the I, division. Look, I think there are other teams that are going to be competitive in the division. I don't think any Definitely. of them are as good as Colorado. That's the thing is that uh, the Colorado's combination of uh, defensive depth and yep. offensive firepower and just elite talent yep. is just too good. 
uh, and the the possibility that Darcy Kemper lives up to his potential is too good. So I think that that's why Colorado is viewed at the top. And on the bottom, Arizona, they're rebuilding. They look. This they, is this is the right stuff for them, and that's a pun because right is spelled with a W, because it's all about this year is all about Shane Wright. Yeah, they've got eight picks in the first two rounds, or, and really the one that they need most is number one overall. They get number one overall, and they get Shane Wright. Their franchise changes overnight. That was an unfortunate uh, rhyme, but you know. I think it was fortunate. I, I that they're hoping it's fortunate because they've had horrific lotto luck, and uh, if they finally, you know, there are more guardrails in place for them being awful this year. They it's 2015 all over again because they've got competition from Buffalo at the bottom of the standings once again. No Edmonton this time, but yeah, and they can only drop so far now. Yeah, they can only fall to three. But um, you know, in 2015 there was McDavid, and then there was Eichel. Yep. You know, and then the Arizona at three, you would think, oh, in an all-time great draft. They end up with Dylan you know, Strong. They, yeah. You know, we were talking about the top ten of that draft last night in the post game, And Dylan, Dylan Strom at three sticks out like a sore thumb. Well, kinda, Dylan, yeah. Dylan, Dylan Strom, Noah Hannafin, and Pavel Zaka are the, one, are the three of that top ten that are not, like, studs. So, uh, it's... You know, they're the Arizona's trying to get that first overall. They've got Colorado's uh, first round pick. I don't remember who other first round pick they have. Uh, it might be the Islanders. I, I, I couldn't. I, tell I can't you off remember. The top of my head. Yeah. I can't remember all the picks from all the teams that they ended up with. So uh, I'm sure Excuse somebody. Me. I'm sure somebody will have it for us. But yeah. Anyway, they have eight picks in the top two rounds, which would be an NHL record if they used all of them. Uh, they're rebuilding and they're doing a great job of it. They're spending a bunch of money on a bad roster. Yeah, that uh, there's on, and, and on old expiring deals. There's no mistake that they're not trying to be good this year. Yeah, um, not at all. I mean, you're rolling like Antoine Roussel and Jay Beagle and Louis Erickson, and I didn't mean to just start with all the Vancouver castoffs. <laughs> That's just what came to mind. Uh, and then Andrew Ladd and all these all these guys. Yep. I mean, there's a. It's the preseason, but when you're rolling out Barrett Hayton as your one C. We don't even really know. Like Nick Nick Schmaltz right. might be their actual one right. C. Like whoever whoever ends up getting that job is not going to be equipped for it. Mm-hmm. So glad we're not PHNX right now. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. PHNX is actually in a pretty like you don't you remember what it was like covering a rebuilding team. I I started my YouTube channel yes. in sixteen seventeen. So. Well, but remember, sixteen seventeen wasn't supposed to go that way. I know, I know. That was not a year where they tore it down to the studs, and it was like, okay, this is a great draft class. Here are the guys to keep an eye on. Remember, going into that year, Kale McCarr wasn't a guy that anybody was talking about. He was like a mid to late first yeah. type of guy. Like he yeah. was like a oh, this could be a guy. Yeah. And then uh, same as uh, Nico Heischer. And then as they. As that year went on, because Nolan Patrick and Timothy Liljegren had the problems that yep. they did, yep. it opened up that floor, and you know the rest is avalanche history. But that's what Arizona's hoping for: is that they have a Colorado esque forty influx, influx of talent <laughs> yeah. uh, based on getting lucky in the right draft. Yeah, it's not just it's not just being bad and getting a high pick. You got to get lucky with the draft class, and then you got to make the right pick. That's true. 
I mean, I mean to, to nail, like everybody talks about Edmonton with the three first rounders, but Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Neil Yakupov, and Taylor Hall didn't do that well. Like, did how different? How different is that if the two of those three years is Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews? Yeah, I, I mean, and like for a first overall pick, right? Yeah, you got obviously Neil Yakupov is a complete disaster. Taylor Hall is very, very good player. But for a first overall pick, is he elite? Well, he never quite got to that level. And then Nuge obviously has been a very solid option for them, but has never really been a first line player. So. Yeah, and like he is like a good top six guy. Yeah, and look, the contract they got him on, I think is fantastic. They've done good things with some of these guys. But when you're talking about first rounders, particularly first overall picks. Yeah. If you don't hit a home run with that pick, it's going to hurt you. Yeah, and you look at uh, the 14 draft as a pretty good example of this. Good, like, solid players. Yep. You know, like uh, Sam Reinhart and Sam Bennett and, you know, like like uh, Morgan Riley, all the defensemen in that top 10, like, good like good players. But not ballers. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's it's were there franchise altering players in that top ten? You know, we talk about twenty sixteen. You know, twenty sixteen's top ten has ended up as we've gone yeah. on has ended up kind of disastrous. Yeah, like Austin Matthews is gonna is on his way to being one of the great goal scorers in NHL history. But even and uh, the Habs, that's the that's the other first yep. rounder. Okay, even uh, even Line has had his problems. Well, though. and like Line looked yeah. like he was going to be a generational goal scorer, taking a big step back. Yep. Uh, Pierre Luc Dubois has taken a big step back. Jesse Puliyarvi just becoming a, a an NHL player at all has been an adventure, <laughs> an, a, an advance over what it was. Yeah. Uh, Oli Ulevi is still proving himself. Matthew Kachuk is the second best player in that class right now. Yep. Uh, you know, the, the, like that's not a top. Like Clayton Keller's okay. Mikhail Sergachev is is a solid player. Tyson Jost is a solid, a decent depth guy. He, you know, Alex Nylander is a nightmare. So that yep. top ten is just not good. It's full of landmines. And this is where this is where Arizona has its problems. It, it, where you're nervous about it. We all look at Arizona and said, great offseason. Because they set themselves up for a chance at a good future. But But they still have to make the picks, and they still have to get a little bit lucky along the way. How good is this draft class actually going to be? They end up picking third, 12th, and 31st or whatever. Well, and we look at the 20. We talk about the 2017 draft a lot because was that a star-studded draft? In hindsight, yes. But going into it, it... didn't feel it like was like that. Yeah. Nico Heischer and Nolan Patrick. Oh my gosh, these guys are studs. And then Miro Haskinen and Kale McCarr ascended as the year went on. Yep. And all good. Brad Lambert's finish. <laughs> um, yeah. And also not off to a good start this year. Um, but it's, it's 2017. You you look at the three best players from that draft. We're three, four, and five. Yep. With Haskin and McCarr and, and Elias Pettersson. Yeah. And Elias Pettersson wasn't even like the clear, going into that draft class, was not the clear-cut best Swedish player because Leah Sanderson was also very, very well-liked. Who got picked at the As, end of the first and has not lived well, up got, to anything. He got picked seventh overall. Yeah. Like, he gets picked two picks later after Pettersson, 
Couldn't be different. Couldn't have different career arcs. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, obviously, that draft class is full of a bunch of stuff. You have Cody Glass and all that too. And yeah, you want to talk about bad lotto luck? Yeah, you're an expansion team that gets the sixth pick. That's rough. <laughs> How different is Vegas's history if they get a top five pick? And they have one of Pedersen, Makar, Haskinen with, with how their franchise has gone. I mean, we get into the what-ifs on this show a lot, but you're yeah. talking about does what Petrangelo if, ever even well, end up what in if Vegas? They have, just like, drop Pedersen in there instead. Yeah. And they have a proper center. <laughs> I guess Pedersen plays center, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a high-end center of, at that. I was thinking of... Yeah, so Pedersen... Pedersen it, it, in between Mark Stone and Max Max Pacioretty for them? That line is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll get to the... I, we can talk about the Avs news now before we properly get into the threats. I didn't um, I didn't see this tweet until I got here, but I did some digging, and uh, I, from what it sounds like, Frankie's okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, this tweet about from, from Arif Dean of Mile High Sports that said that he... Saw him this morning coming out of a juice place with no brace or anything on the on the, I don't any know if it was or like, a boot or anything. If it was a like above the knee thing, I don't know what a boot would really do to be honest. But well, you would have some kind of something. So. Yeah. So you know. Anyway, the positive signs sound like it's not anything serious, at least for Frankie. Yeah, I mean, it's still to be determined. But it's great that Arif saw him just out and about. Yeah. Uh, if he was in serious not trouble, he would in not a just hospital be able to somewhere around, or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's great. And uh, from from my own, uh, it sounded like he was. Uh, they dodged a bullet there. Yep. So the... encouraging for now. Uh, but anyway, the Arizona. The reason that we're talking all these draft classes and all this is just to talk about Arizona trying to set themselves up for the future because uh, this year they're going to be brutal, brutal to watch and sit through. Yeah, just not fun. Yeah, it's going to be the some bad hockey. If you ever need it's hockey like therapy, can't really smell it. If you ever need hockey therapy, the PHNX podcast will be one big therapy session this whole yeah. season. I think so. Maybe Dude. I'll maybe I'll pop in for a couple of those. But. Dude. P.S. We're so we're so bored already with the draft class with the Avs punting on it. Yeah, we've already offered to we're do like, all of their draft stuff next year. For when it like, don't be surprised to see AJ and I in Arizona this off season. <laughs> <laughs> Just like doing draft stuff for for PHNX because yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Come draft night, we're gonna be on their set mm-hmm. in an office building somewhere in downtown Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh jeez, we're just gonna like co-op their stuff and like, all right, great coverage all year. We this got it from here. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Brad Lambert. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, a little bit of other Avs news. A bunch of guys on waivers today. Generally, the veteran forwards, Mateau, uh, Sakura, uh, Sherwood. Sherwood. And then there Rowan was McEwen. McEwen as well. Uh, nothing too surprising here. I think encouraging, though, because Bowers isn't cut. Kout's not cut. Ranta's not cut. Well, we don't know... Who's none of these guys have been cut yet? It's just waivers. Like sure. they just because those guys are all waiver exempt. We don't know that they have actually been cut. They have not announced transactions for the day. And I say that, but I'm totally gonna double check and make, make sure, sure I'm they lying. didn't just yeah. send them out. <laughs> but but 
Oh my gosh. The implication of putting these guys on waivers is that they're shortly going to send them down to the AHL. So as far as Good. if you're rooting for the young kids to get a little bit of opportunity, so far today it's been a good sign. Yeah. Now, it, it we, continues to trend in the right direction cuz you say what are the veteran concerns? Yep. It's Jason Magna and Artem Anisimov are really it. The only two. Otherwise, you're talking Sampo Ranta, Shane Bowers, Martin Kaut, uh, Martin Kaut, and Logan O'Connor and Mikhail Maltsev. All are still hanging yeah. around. Now O'Connor, I include in there just because he's a youngish guy. Uh, but it, but yeah, but is a point is that it is a uh, uh, they are trending in that direction towards going the way that we wanted with looking towards the youth. Alex Newhook as well. Sure. And Newhook probably a little yeah. bit closer to a, an actual NHL roster spot there. But yeah, just you, but lack of lack of being punted is important there. Definitely. Definitely. If you if you missed it just before the show, we did drop our second episode of our season preview, which covers all of this forward depth. So go watch that after you're done here. If you didn't yeah. catch it. Uh, yeah, it was the perfect lead into us talking about other teams entirely. Yep. It's very good planning on our part. Yeah, we we really we really covered it well, but uh, uh the Evs depth is interesting this year. I'll put it that way and I'll, I'll let that video do the rest of the talking on that one. Definitely. Um and we talked about it a lot last night. We did. We did. Uh, I think uh, can you hover your mouse over the the screen real quick? All right, good. My my internal clock is improving. We're we're getting there. I knew we were we were in that yeah. range. Yeah. Uh we are brought to y'all by Breckenridge Brewery. I got an avalanche right here. Go check them out at your local liquor store or come on down to the DNBR bar. We got eight different kinds on tap for you to drink. They're absolutely delicious. We <laughs> we also have the uh, Good Company Hard Seltzers here. <laughs> if you want to drink candy alcohol, that's what we got right here. Are you going to put that crown on him? All right. I see how it is. All right, chat. Oh, I got to stop moving. We're fighting now. That's how it's going to be. Uh, but get your Breck Brew, go drink it, have a good time. You know we'll be drinking it here. Oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, once the regular season starts, we got a little new thing going on at the bar. We got the uh, the shot wheel. So every abs game at the bar, we're going to have a wheel with like a bunch of things written on it. It'll be like, I don't know, Nathan McKinnon hat trick or... Mm -hmm. a, It'll be a thing that we spin the thing and we spin the wheel... And if it hits, then uh, everybody at the bar gets... It'll land on some game event, and if it happens, yeah. everyone gets a shot at the yep. bar. So Free stuff. You're going to want to be at the watch parties here at the bar. So, uh, about Stephen, about just about the Jack Johnson thing, um, I'm not sure where that came from. From what I have been told so far, uh, there have not been any contract conversations of any kind yet. So... Um. Yep, we're all still expecting him to get signed. Just from what I was told a few days ago, it's not as imminent. Uh, as there have not been. Some have made it seem. Yeah, yeah. There, it just and you never know. Like that's not a very complicated contract to get done. Where you say, hey, one year, eight hundred and fifty k, or whatever the number ends up being, and then you just agree to it and move on. There doesn't need to be structure to a that million one. or less anywhere in there, basically. Well, I mean, we expect Blues fans to be at home doing a lot of crying this year. Yeah. They're Which not <laughs> leads us to our next team, because second to last. I think it's probably St. Louis. Yeah. Do you really? Because I don't. I was totally just kidding. I just... I mean, who else? Would Nashville then? 
I have no I I have no I have no read on Nashville. Okay. This, this is the one team in the entire division. I don't know how to feel about them. I I don't necessarily disagree with you. My one thing is I think they got worse this offseason. I love Phil Myers. <laughs> He's not. Okay. <laughs> but Phil Myers is not Ryan Ellis. Yeah. <laughs> He's just not Ryan Ellis. Yeah. I I Hold don't on, let me see this list. Winnipeg, Dallas, St. Louis, Blackhawks. Why Blackhawks? Why not just Chicago? Chicago and Minnesota are way too low there for me. And then why why Coyotes? Why not Arizona? We just switch between team name and I do that all the time. I'm not going to call them out for it. <laughs> I just I wonder like mentally why that is. That's just how you think of teams, right? You know what? I wonder why that is. Yeah. I, hmm. It's just the way they're ingrained into your brain. I don't know. So I I do the not Blues. have St. Louis making the playoffs this year. Okay, let's let's talk about Nashville just because sure. we're in the, we're in the then, Nashville room. All right. Yeah, All right. we're in the Nashville room, which is where we can't see each other and we don't know where we're going. <laughs> the lights are off, but we spent a shitload of money to get here, and none of this has worked so far. It's like an escape room with no exit. You're, That's you're, what the Nashville Predators feel like right now: an escape room with no exit, where they forgot a clue. They forgot like the first clue. To help you get out of the, to help you get out of it, and you're just like, this this puzzle is impossible. You're you're walking around, and you are either gonna like bump into Roman Yossi, and he's gonna give you a nice warm hug, and everything's great, or you're going to walk into one of their six wildly overpaid forwards, and they're gonna punch you in the face. Rude. If one of their six oh, highly overpaid forwards punches me in the face, we're fighting. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go get Dennis Gilbert to fight for me <laughs> in a trial by combat in which he is my proxy because I'm not doing that myself. I, I wouldn't win if I had to. Yeah, yeah I <laughs> tend to think that Ryan Johansson might actually beat me up. But if I have Dennis Gilbert fighting for me, that guy's going down. I'm struggling to think of a hockey player that wouldn't beat me up. Rocco Grimaldi. Yeah, I guess I could kind of just like pin him with my weight, probably. But I did there not aren't... struggle. Alex DeBrincat. <laughs> I don't. DeBrincat's shifty though. Cole Caulfield. Yeah, Caulfield would be an easy one. You're right. You're right. Alex Turcotte, just because if you touch him, he breaks. <laughs> wow. All right, you said it, not me. Um, so Johnny Gaudreau would be another one. Now we're talking about guys we could beat up. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of show to do. Yeah. All right. Uh, Nashville. I, uh, look. F- I'm I'm curious your answer is UC Soros for real or just had a hot streak to finish last year because you know how I feel I, do. I have been the juice is loose for a long time I I'm not as convinced as you but I don't think last year was just a hot streak let me put it that way I don't think it'll end up being a huge anomaly but I do think it'll be on the high end of what he's capable <laughs> yeah. of uh, especially because I think the team in front of him got worse defensively yeah I, no doubt about that I would say but. It's not like, like yes, they lost Ryan Ellis, but their defense is still high end. It, You're not? What, I mean, top ten in the league. Ekholm, Yossi, Fabro, And Myers, Myers is not Ellis, but he's still good. And then it's like, it's like walking down Colfax. It's just bums. Yeah, the, the depth is not there, sure. But 
your top four is going to play a billion minutes a night for them. Yeah, anyway, but the so. downgrade from they had like a big three, right? They had a three-headed monster on defense with Yossi, Ekholm, and Ellis. Yeah. And I again, I love Phil Myers, but Phil Myers is just like a second pairing defender. I agree. Like he's just a, a solid defenseman, but he's not a stud. And Ryan Ellis was a stud. And I just think that Nashville is the team that I probably I think they're likeliest for a fall here. If I have to pick a a seventh place team, I think I'm going to go with the Preds. I still lean St. Louis, but I, you know, it Preds would be right there at six for me. So I'd have no arg- no strong argument against Nashville falling off a cliff. We'll put it that way. Uh, they're see, I don't know about falling off a cliff, but I guess that's that's perception, right? It's because I because mean, I, th- I think I think I think the Coyotes are at the bottom of this division with. 55 points sure. and then, then there's and a then, big and, gap well, and then there. i think yeah. nashville's sure. at like maybe 72 it, it's less of a cliff and more like they've been going down a hill and there's a drop yeah now. <laughs> yeah but you're you're correct there i think arizona is going to be the first or second worst team in the entire league mm-hmm. so. and then like i think nashville's probably like seventh or eighth yeah that's fine i'm i'm comfortable with that argument um Okay. I, I, I'm curious where you have St. Louis. Do you think they're going to be bad, or do you think they're going to compete for a wild card spot? I think or defensively, they're going to be the worst defensive Blues team that we have seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Tory Krug decline is real. I think Colton Pareko is in over his head. I think that Justin Falk's rebound last year was a mirage, and I think that all these guys. I, I just think that they're. But I think this is the most electric offensive Blues group in a in a long long time i really like their forward core because i'm counting on robert thomas to take the big step finally who i've been a big believer in for a long time i think jordan Cairo is for real i think buchnevich i do it, like the buchnevich I, I think buchnevich is a great addition uh My... i really i really like some of their depth guys if they can stay healthy if they can stay healthy, I really, really, really like their depth guys, like the Oscar Sunquists of the world, because they're perfect for St. Louis's identity, where they're not overwhelmingly talented, but they're really effective at what they do. And I think it's just a like a sea of thirty point guys. And then I think they have the the uh, the possibility to be truly a very, very good top six that pushes Winnipeg. I mean, my my big question here is, as, as some people in chat are saying, what happens with Tarasenko? Yeah, well, and I'm I'm buying Tarasenko stock. Uh, as much as I'm buying that Pareko can't handle the job, I'm buying that Tarasenko is about to go ham this year. Okay, that's my. I think that I think he's gonna be good. And O'Reilly and Perron, like if Perron's decline starts to starts to actually hit, they're in they, trouble. Look between Sod and Buchnevich, and what I think is gonna be a good Tarasenko, and then Thomas and Kyle. Like that is a there's a forward core that I really, really like. And when you have Ryan O'Reilly, you have the ultimate ace in the hole because if you f- somehow get a decent, poor, like a low-end 1C out of Robert Thomas, then you can start using Ryan O'Reilly as as the world's greatest 2C. And then the big question is, defensively, I don't think they're very good. And I don't think Jordan Bennington and Ville Husso are going to do it. Yeah, I, I, I think their goaltending is a disaster. See, and I, I don't think it's a disaster. I, I, I think do. it's. I think, I think that their goaltending is okay. 
Because I think Bennington is an average starter, and then I really, really think Villahuso is not very good. But I think that top nine is going to get... I think that top nine is good enough, especially a bunch of two-way guys. I think that those... I think that their top nine especially, and I've always really liked their depth guys, is going to be good enough to win them games. They're going to be like Winnipeg last year without Connor Hellebuck. I, so I think they're a little bit worse I don't than have, last year's Winnipeg. I don't have as much faith that you're going to get as many career years out of guys, especially the, the Kairos of the world as you do. But... I don't. I just don't see even a low end starter out of Bennington. I just think he's not good enough, and I think. Oh, I think he's an. I think he's an average starter. I. I think he's an average starter whose I downs are really bad. I. I don't. I. It's. It's like a poor man's, Jake Allen. Like yes, when he's hot, it's great. But when what? he's not hot, it's unplayable. What? <laughs> what? Yep. No. Yep. Disagree. Okay. Uh, I, I just think that he's better than that. <laughs> Logan Brown's not going to make that team. Logan yeah. Brown blows. As much as I loved him in his draft year. Hasn't you been and a, Patrick Waugh. Hasn't been a thing. So Logan Brown is so soft. There's no way he makes the blues. I, he doesn't fit the blues mold at all. That's yeah, for sure. There's no way he makes the blues playing that soft. So unless, unless they get something out of him that he has never shown in his entire life. Uh, I don't I'm not I don't give a shit about Logan Brown. <laughs> but I uh I do think that that's I think they're good enough to win games and be competitive. I have them 6th. Okay, despite that you still have them 6th. Yes. Okay. Because I think I like I said, I think that they're a worse version of last year's Jets. I really like the forward core, but I think they have a similarly not good defense and I think that their goaltending is worse cuz they don't have Bucky. I think you just broke Nighthawk's heart by saying all that and then putting them in sixth. But well, I think their I think their offensive attack is going to be actually fun to watch for the first time in a long time. They're not going to be like, okay, well they've got to go forward check and then they've got to try and turn the peck over and then they've just got to try and slap one out of the air and it'll find its way into the back of the net. I think <sighs> I think that they I think that they are going to be really fun offensively. But I think that they are in for a big shock on defense. I think that they're gonna, they're going to take a big step back defensively. In my opinion, I think it's just the I, the, the Blues' identity as we know I, it. I, I think is I about agree. to. Collapse. It was what you saw, and I know you know they were dealing with some injuries and a, and a shifting defense this year. But what you saw out of Colton Pareko to me was extremely concerning. It was for a the future huge of their defense. Concern. Um, he's not Alex Petrangelo. That's for sure. Yeah, but yeah, we we can uh, we'll have to wait and see on the rest of that. Yes, I see. We'll we'll get there in a second. I do want to get to your next team really quick before we go there. Your fifth place team. Um, and I, I know things get jumbled in this area real quick. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I've got Dallas. Okay. Uh, and this is this is mostly a they survived last year with some career years. Yeah. That were really percentage driven, it, and I think their goaltending is a total mess. If Ben Bishop were healthy, I would feel good about it. But I think Kudobin is at the age where you're like, the cliff could be coming, and then they got him. they got Braden Holtby. the The cliff is there. He, he's he was, off. He it. was bad last year. Yeah, the cliff, he's off it, man. Yeah. I mean, duh. 
We've been talking about Braden Holpe like, oh, well, it's, it's now been, yeah, it's two bad years. Now it's three well, bad years. Now it's four bad years. Like, <laughs> at some point, when you're going to be like, well, he's bad now. Well, and that's the other part of this, and we have had this conversation at least for the last two years. How long can their old guys keep doing it? Look, Joe Pavelski has had a renaissance but in his Pavelski career. Pavelski and, and, and Radulov and... Uh, you, you know, Jamie you Ben at, isn't young anymore, like. right? And how I I just I I their high end like they play to their identity extremely well, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that they do at a very high level. And Roddick Fox and Rupe Hints and guys like that, they have some encouraging young definitely guys. Definitely fit sure. wonderfully yeah. there, and it's just you have to expect at least one of these old guys to smash into the old guy wall at some point. Yep. Like it's, it's the only reason that they've been competitive is because they've just defied aging curves for the last couple of years. Yep. And very quietly, like Miro Haskinen, we all really like him, but he has, he's been a step below special. Last year was a very, very difficult year for the organization, so I don't want to put a lot of stock in there. But Haskinen is a clear step below Quinn Hughes, Adam Fox, and Kale McCarr for me. I think Haskinen is still... That's the story of their entire defensive lineup, I think. They gave big money to Essel and 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 it's like, yes, he's a good defenseman, but he's not... Oh my God, that's my face. He's not to the caliber of even a, a Devontae's, if you're asking me. No, so, Do I mean, ask any NHL GM, which one are you taking, Devon Taves or Essa Lindell? Taves. You'll get 32 Devon Taves. So, Even Dallas would be like, yep, we're good with that. Yeah. So, the, And then the rest of their defense is kind of the Wild West where you have guys like Klingberg. Well, and Klingberg has very quietly taken some steps back. Yep. Klingberg and Nate Schmidt are two guys in the league right now that I think are living off of reputation more than reality as guys who did some really good things a couple of years ago. And with with Klingberg, if the decline continues and he gets even worse, problem. And if he stems the tide and he's just like he was last year, they're okay. Yeah, But they need him to be good because they've built a defensive defenseman squad with Where limited he needs puck to be the offensive guy, and it's, yeah. it's Haskinen and Klingberg that have to really move pucks. Yeah, uh, and it just if Klingberg takes another step back, they have a, they have a pretty big problem. Yep, I'm. I'm I long term, I like Haskinen over Quinn Hughes for the next five years, but through this, two years, I like Quinn Hughes. Well, and you have situation too as well, right? It, as we kind of put, Haskinen's a little bit on an island here in Dallas. Yeah, definitely. So, um. But anyway, he's a really hard guy to evaluate because he is a guy that has such interesting offensive skill and they're playing such an offensive like smothering. System. Yeah, like yeah. they suppress their own offense. Yeah. So no doubt about it. Well, in any case, if you're looking to get uh, if you're looking to get paid nicely, like Essel and Dell did hit up the ball corporation because they're hiring right now in Golden at Are their uh, offering. Six-year deals at six million dollars. I don't think they're going to pay you quite that much, but they do pay well. They give you a living wage. Say, I gotta go. They also give you good benefits, and the coolest part is, especially for a lot of people who may be out of employment for a bit due to the pandemic and all of that, they do offer classes to help you fill out your resume so you can get holes in that filled, and then you're looking good. 
So check out Ball Corporation today. Again, you can text GOLDEN to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com to get an application, get to work, and then, uh, yeah, you could have some spending cash to do uh, whatever you like with, including heading on over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Although, I guess you really don't need spending cash to play around on DraftKings Sportsbook because if you put in $1 and bet it on any football game, you get $150 in free bets. So just put in $1, go play around with DraftKings, make yourself a ton of money. Come hang out at the bar like AJ and I did over the weekend. We just bet on college football all day. That was such a good time, man. We got to do it blast. again. I'm saying. We got to do it again. We got to get some of you guys to come down and hang out with us. And we'll just fire bets off all day. Yeah. It'll be it'll be a blast. And we'll just start shouting. I mean, we'll do exactly what we did. Yeah. It'll just be with more people. We'll yeah. just shout at TVs. UCF scores a random touchdown, and I'm like, yeah, yes. Let's Cincinnati go. goes wire to wire on Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah. We're all over We're that game. We're just pumped for the whole game. Yeah, <laughs> betting on overs so that every time every time we bet on a, uh, the over in a game, There's we're just an offensive score. It doesn't matter who it is. Guy we're breaks just, into the open field and we're, like, and we're excited about it. It was a great time. It was a blast. It was a great time. When you win some money there, DraftKings has you covered. You can d- deposit and withdraw at your convenience. Super easy. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Please use the DNVR code. That's how you get the $1 for $150 in free bets option on any NFL game. Uh, other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. When you do withdraw a bunch of winnings from DraftKings, head on over to Salt's Meds. Get yourself some uh, some THC product to, to enjoy yourself a little bit more the next time. That's right. Get yourself some product. Yeah, a little bit of product. You get a free king cone when you buy anything at the Wheat Ridge location. So free product even. Might as well. Why not jump in it? They have a bunch of deals in store ranging from 15 to 25% off on select products. And if you check out online for pickup, you can use code DNBR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase. So great deals all the way around for whatever cannabis needs you might have. Check them out. Four locations here in Colorado, including one for y'all up north in Fort Collins. So they got you covered. Uh, yeah, Salt Smith is dope. All right, third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Starting to get into the real proper competition for Colorado in this division here. One one guy I did not talk about with Dallas that I did want to point sure. out was Ryan Suter. Yeah. Who I do think will help stabilize them. But again, you're talking about an old guy <laughs> defying and that one, aging curve. That one is more of a like it'll be fine this year, but they sign him to a four-year well, deal. <laughs> I'm I'm not a hundred percent sold. It'll be fine this year. He started to take the step back last year that he had avoided most of his thirties. Okay, and I'm I'm curious if I'm curious how much Dallas being in such a defensive system where help he him. he doesn't have to try and push the offense as much. I wonder how that helps him. I also wonder where. He is in a he is in a situation where he can't just demand to be on all special teams units. He's not going to be the guy all the time for sure. Uh, and I just don't. I don't. Uh, There's not going to be an overly. I don't, I don't know how he reacts on a personal level. Sure. When he's not playing 30 minutes a night. When he can't just sit there and be like, "You play me all the time in every situation yeah. that I want." Oh, that certainly isn't true. Winnipeg did not improve at all possessions. We'll get there. <laughs> um, so that was the other thing with Dallas, which dovetails perfectly into Minnesota. Yeah. Um, because I think their next 
I, 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 I can't do I can't put them behind Chicago. With, I can't so do it. The big thing with Minnesota, I want to know which young guys make the roster, which ones they roll with. Sure. Because there are going to be some young, guy, young guys that I think help them more than others. If they really limit them, I have them at four. I, I just can't put them in behind Chicago. I, I know we'll get to Chicago in a second, but yeah. I, I really struggle with Minnesota. My my number one high. my number one difference uh, between these between Minnesota and Chicago here is that I trust Mark Andre Fleury to be good, and I don't trust Cam Talbot to repeat a career here. I I I because would agree. Cam Talbot I is think... a huge reason. Why they were as good as they were last year. And they also just lost Ryan Suter off of a very good defensive team and replaced him with like Dmitry Kulikov and Alex Kolagoski and like guys who are at the end of the line who have had very good careers and are still serviceable players. And, and they but got Ryan Suter was there. better than all They those got guys. worse there, but it's not like they don't have anything else. They still have the Matt Dumbas. They still have the, the Jared Spurgeons of the yeah, world. They but. do. And like that should still be the strength of their team. But when the strength of your team gets a little bit worse, and the strength of your team also ties directly into goaltending and how hard that job is, and you have a guy who has proven in his career that he's not that great of a goaltender, that it's it's fair to expect a bit of a step back from them. I still think they're a playoff team. I still I think I think the thrill is going to have a great year. I think that the kid is is the, the, one of the future faces of the NHL, and I think that he's got a ninety point season in him. But does he have enough help? And I don't and, and I don't know that he has enough help there. And I'm I'm not really buying the Joel Erickson Act breakout. <laughs> yeah. I'm I mean, look this. Yeah. Not putting them behind Chicago is more about Chicago for me than it is Minnesota. And it is for me, too. And because I like what Chicago, I like I like where Chicago's head. I, I like what Chicago got going on. I, there's just so many question marks for me on their defense in Chicago. And <clears throat> it, look, their forward core, I think, is fine. I, I, I expect Chicago's forward core to be better than Minnesota's. But I don't have faith that Flurry's going to repeat a Vesna caliber season, even if he's still a good goaltender. I, with Chicago's YOLO style defense, I I expect it to be at very least an adjustment period in the first half of the season, if not something that doesn't fit super well in okay. general. All right, but yeah, Las Vegas isn't uh, Vegas is not in the Central Division, man. They're not relevant to this. Indeed, they are not. Um, we'll see them. They, you know. It's a conversation for the postseason. Yep. Definitely two teams those, those likely two on teams, a crash course. Well, those but. are those are two teams that likely finish in the top five. Of t- the well, in the yeah. in the top two of their own division so that they can't play each other until conference finals at the earliest. Right. So But I, I will Vegas, say Vegas doesn't matter for today. I will say Chicago so does feel like a team that's on the right trajectory, I think. They're they're back on the upswing a little bit here. So for me, they add Jonathan Tave, Seth Jones, and Mark Andre Fleur mm-hmm. to last year's roster, which was high. They were fine. They also add Kirby Doc because you remember Doc was hurt for a lot of last sure. season. Sure, I and I am I Team know, Kirby. Doc I know you're all in on in Kirby a big, Doc, big, big, big way. He hasn't 
shown the super high end in the NHL yet. And I know because of injuries and stuff Yeah, like I mean, that. with a, the wrist injury last year and, you know, I just... But he... Look, yeah, and they shown were, it until like, you've shown it. Chicago, Chicago was aight last year. And I think adding Taves, and this isn't like Hall of Famer Johnny Taves. Like, this is like a 25-25 a, a Jonathan Taves is the guy that I'm, I think I, I am expecting that they add. A 50-point guy that plays a good two-way game for them and just drops into that. And then Kirby Doc is the guy that gives them their high end. And then with Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrincat and Kubalik and, you know, whatever whatever random freaking dude that they pull <laughs> out of nowhere that scores 25 goals for them this year. You know, I, you know, and, and Dylan Strom as a decent depth guy who can really help them on a power play because he doesn't have to skate around and do all the other hockey things. I think that they're. I think that that's a good forward core. It's a dangerous forward core. I like their defense way more, and I do think. Look, has Seth Jones been bad the last couple of years? Definitely, Seth Jones. And there was, look, there was something broken in Columbus Clearly, where a bunch yeah. of good players stopped playing good hockey at all. Yeah, something was up. He was also battling injuries. He's getting a fresh start. He's completely healthy for the first time in a couple of years. He's going to get he's going to be rejuvenated by basically a new life. I don't think the contract plays a huge part of it, but I I do think that he is going to approach this in a different way. Does he get back to the Seth Jones of 3 years ago? I think that's a big ask, but I don't think he's going to be the bottom barrel bad defenseman that he was last year. I think that he's going to be he's going to be a good 50 point guy who eats a lot of minutes and maybe doesn't show the elite, but he's kind of like a better scoring Eric Johnson in his prime where it's, it's not elite, but it's pretty good. And that's where that's I'm buying Seth Jones stock this year to be better than the last couple of years where he was on a steep decline. I, my thing is I just don't want, people to jump ahead on Minnesota yet because there is a freight train coming towards that team in a $15 million of dead cap, but that's not this season. They're not there yet. Well, but their young guys that are really going to push them forward into, into being good in the future are are also not there. I yet. understand that, but I don't. Oh, Tyler, Tyler Johnson is the guy that I, the other guy. I that's they got. such a weird one. <laughs> that's another guy that I forgot they added. Well, who I, I like is a decent depth. He's overpaid, but like I like him as a player still. I I've always liked him as a player, but I do wonder how much he can actually be affected. Oh no, a guy doesn't look great, and it, we didn't. Wasn't there a local radio host today that was <sighs> dragging Nathan McKinnon for poor effort in a preseason game? Who cares? Yeah, it, it's preseason. If you're stop making conclusions about the preseason with veteran players. Certainly, anyone on a contract that's more than a couple years. Yeah, can't. anybody, <laughs> anybody that's anybody that has already made the team and is not desperately fighting for something in the preseason does not matter. Yep. So, that's where. Anyway, not the point. Chicago, I like the forward core, and then Seth Jones. Look, they added Jake McCabe. You and I are both big Jake McCabe guys. I like Calvin DeHaan. He's healthy. <laughs> well, and so this is the big caveat with my Chicago at three pick here. Yeah. Is because Jake McCabe, injury issues. Calvin DeHaan, injury issues. Seth Jones, injury issues. There have been problems with all of those guys. And if you lose them all, You're you dead. have a real You're bad dead. defense yeah. again. And you have bottomed out. Yeah. Mark Andre Fleury cannot save you from that shit. <laughs> but with those guys all on the same defense, I do like their group, man. 
I think it's a good group of good defensive defensemen that understand how to play their roles and guys that have enough puck moving that's, ability to just feed a really that's good where forward. Because I feel like Minnesota is already there with their defense. I feel like Minnesota's but, defense... But Chicago's forwards are better. That, yeah. A lot better. But I think Minnesota's defense is better. But I don't think that the gap... I think the gap between the forwards is way bigger for Chicago's forwards than Minnesota's defense. I, and then I trust Marc-Andre Fleury way more than I do Cam Talbot. Regardless of how good those defense is, I trust Marc-Andre Fleury more than I do Cam Talbot. I, I guess I don't have as much faith in Fleury as you I don't do. Think, I don't think Fleury's winning the Vesna again. <laughs> I think he takes a step back from what happened last year. But I think he's better than... I think he has a better year than Cam Talbot. And that's where... That's that's because there's always the possibility that Cam Talbot just oh well this is why he hasn't been an established just, starter. I'm not I'm not sure. We're gonna see if Chicago can play a style of hockey yeah. that can help definitely and work with their defense. But anyway, we can uh, we can kind of start moving on here as. The number two team that leaves the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, we have biggest competition. I would so. say we both have Winnipeg there. Yeah, um, that one I'm not arguing so on. So we we we're disagreeing on order. We're like going through my list here. But what's yours? What's your list of from Arizona up? All right, so Arizona at the bottom. Okay, I'd probably put St. Louis at seven, Nashville at six. Okay, so I would switch that on you. Dallas at five is good. Uh, four, I would have Chicago, and then and three then Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. So some minor differences here. Yeah, nothing, nothing way off from each other, really. But, um, okay, wow, we, we are collectively down on the Preds. Yep. But again, they're also the one that I just feel the less, the the least confident in understanding. Yeah. That. Um. Yeah. When it comes to Winnipeg, great top nine. They're, if they're healthy, their top six competes with any top six in the league well and like so you have uh so you've got uh, uh kyle connor mark shifley blake wheeler yep. nick uh nikolai ehlers pierre luke dubois <laughs> and then you start getting into what's after that yeah. you start getting into wow. you you get into uh, adam lowry and andrew cop yeah that's... uh you get into paul stasny you get into hey cole perfetti does cole perfetti make if, the team there He's been given a lot there. of opportunities yeah. there. You know who's been really good in the preseason for them? Evgeny Svechnikov has been very, very good for them. So they've got some intrigue. And the older Svech is a guy that, like, it just didn't work in, in Detroit. Yeah. But did they really put him in a position to succeed? I don't know that they did. And I think in a much more specific, insulated role... Where he doesn't, he could kind of do what we're talking about with like last night, where we talked about fourth line sample Ranta. Yeah, just skate in a straight line, use your big Keep body it as simple hit a as dude, humanly possible. And when you get the yeah. puck on your stick, shoot that mf'er because yeah. you could shoot like a, a wild man. Yeah, go and do it right. So, I think that I, I think I, I really, 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 really like the Winnipeg forward core. Their top nine is what I think is is really what separates because Adam I, Lowry is a great three C, and then you have Paul Stastny is in and Andrew Cop kind of floating in your lineup somewhere. Cole Perfetti, 
uh, Cole Perfetti, does he make the team? Does he not make the team? You know, he changes your offensive upside if he does. Well, and that's that's an indication of a, a solid forward core. If you're talking about guys that he could make you better by joining the team, but you don't need him. Yeah. So, so there's there's that uh, defensively. Like, look, uh, Neil Pionk has been a revelation. They they uh, yeah, the, the that trade has worked out so Jacob well. Trouba for them. trade has been a comically one sided for the Jets, uh, in part because Neil Pionk has been great, but also because they used that pick on Billy Hainala. Who looks like he's a, once again very, very close to NHL ready. This year, however, the need for Billy Hainala in the NHL does not have the same punch because Josh Morrissey, Neil I Pionk, mean, newcomers Brendan Dillon and Nate Schmidt. Uh, you've got Dylan DeMello still there. That that defense is now it's deep. It, it's, it's deep. It's now lacking the high end, but it's also lacking the really, and, really low end. And that that was my my one hang up with Winnipeg is how much can they really get out of Josh Morrissey? He's a really important guy for them because Josh, Josh Morrissey next to Jacob Truba and Truba's last year. That was the last time either of them were any good. Yep. <laughs> so Jacob Truba, Christian Veselainen has been, can, can, can Christian Veselainen take any step in the <laughs> NHL is really, is he, is he part of that or not? Because if he does, then the need for Perfetti is nowhere near the same. That is but true. if Veselin is not any good at all, then Perfetti becomes a much different part of their equation, their math. So I, I think that uh, the Jets defense, I really like a lot better. It's much deeper. It lacks the really high end, but it's, it's no longer, oh, look at that third pairing that we're going to cave in tonight. And then you get to goaltending, and Connor Hallebuck is among the three Dude's best the goaltenders man. in the NHL. Yeah. Their biggest problem here. Name their backup. It's not Brassois anymore. That's Who's all in I Vegas? know. Yeah, I don't know who their backup is. Anybody know who their backup is? It's Eric Comrie. No, that's not a good With that's, nine that's NHL bad. games played. <laughs> yeah. It's Eric Comrie. Anybody, is anybody feeling good about Eric Comrie as the, as the backup? Does Connor Connor Hellebuck has to play sixty five games for them, and you just pray that you can go five hundred in Comrie's games. Yep, that's that's tough. You just it puts such a handicap on you in the regular season to yeah. do that to yourself. Well, and then and then you run Hellebuck into the ground during the regular season. You get to the postseason. All right, great. This is this is your biggest ace in the hole in any series is going to be Connor Hellebuck. Well, it, and. You tired him out just to get here. And that's... Hellebuck is a goaltender that's going to go to the Olympics. So it's not like he's going to get that month off after going ham in the NHL. Every a great month. point. He's yeah. going to be USA's number one goaltender. Yeah. And if he's not, then USA gets what they deserve. <laughs> True. <laughs> when when Team Canada drops 11 on them, <laughs> because they put John Gibson in net, they will have earned that. <laughs> yeah. I, and the backup to Eric Comrie is Mikhail Burden. Nope. Who is most famous for kicking a puck. <laughs> Not stopping one. <laughs> kicking. Kicking one. It was awesome. <laughs> but that's his career highlight it, in North America is the time he kicked the puck. So what I'm hearing is the Winnipeg Jets are about to claim Arendell. It would be a very, very, very interesting move if they decided to claim Dell. 
and have a Comrie burden in in the AHL. Uh, yeah, in, in the, the AHL with the moose. With the moose, yeah, that's whew. so. Connor, they like this is where. Okay, uh, Connor Hellbuck's now playing your back to backs. Yep, Connor Hellbuck is playing all of your division games. He's doing every like you are only playing Eric Comrie on like the fifth game of a five game road trip. Or your and then your first game back home, like start penciling in those games against Arizona for Comrie. Oh, straight up, any Arizona games? Oh, yep, Comrie, put him in there. Those are the games. the The scheduled losses, just throw Comrie in net. That's yep. when that's when Bucky gets a night off. Yep. But otherwise, the Jets should be for real this year. They should be a real pain in the ass. Yeah, I I have them at two pretty pretty clean cut ahead yeah. of. Minnesota or Chicago, whichever one you like. I've got, three, I've got, and the gap here. So I've got Chicago at three, and then I've got uh, St. Louis at six. The, those are the big jumps. The gap that I have between those is not big. Sure. Um, I think there's a bigger gap, Arizona to Nashville, than there is anywhere St. else Louis, in the division. <laughs> St. Louis to Winnipeg, and then I think Colorado is your clear cut. If there's going to be a 100-point team in this division, it's Colorado, and it's only Colorado, yeah. in my opinion. I, I don't think you. the other teams are good enough to be 100-point teams. I think it's a division where you could end up with 110 and then 98, 97, 96, 95, 95, 95, and you're just like, oh, my gosh. Seven teams within seven points. Yeah, of each exactly. Other kind it's, of thing. it's the bloodbath in the last week. Where yeah. you're just like, gosh, this is amazing. Because <laughs> they, you know, and the Avs have clinched and they're just cruising. Yep. Yeah, so, that's that's where I am with the division. All right. That's uh, that's good news for the Avs, I suppose. Then, but it's gonna... I, I, yes and no, because I think that the weak division hurt them a little bit last year. I think it made it easier for them to get a little psychologically comfortable. Yeah. Um, this division isn't as weak as that division was. No, though. no, and I do think that they have—they are going to be a—they're uh, going to be more battle-tested than they were going into the postseason last year. Yep. So, because you remember, like they had eight games against Vegas, like six of them were goofy. Yeah, like it was like coming COVID off COVID breaks and like Tahoe and like everyone important is injured on both sides. Exactly, like, like it's it's like it's like B squads and you know blah 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 blah. Right. Yep. yep. Oh wow, a, a, a goaltender had a shutout on a preseason game. Well, clearly he's on his way to a great year. <laughs> I just again we're we're talking about drawing conclusions off of preseason results. Yeah, they are irrelevant. Every year, this gets proven time and time and time again. They are irrelevant. If you want to find out how the Avs compensate for losing Sod, tune in to our season preview over the next couple of days because we're covering uh, uh, more forwards. That should be Friday's video. Yep. The second line will be Friday's video. Yep. So There you go. Keep it tuned in to the DNVR YouTube channel. Be sure and like and subscribe to the video. We appreciate all of y'all hanging out with us live in the chat. Always happy to talk to you yeah. guys. Even... E even if I'm telling you preseason doesn't matter and you ascribe meaning to preseason, it's always good to hang out with everybody. Yep. Always, you know, always Jared, happy to Jared talk. Bender about was on the longest heater ever <laughs> because you remember his, when he, cause he was coaching in Lake, Lake Erie yep. and they won like 18 games in a row yep. to go on and win the Calder cup. And then he showed up in Colorado 
They won all of their rookie showcase games. All of their preseason and games. And then they won all their preseason games. And then they were like nine and nine through yeah, the first and then eighteen. Yeah, and then they something. finally did lose a game in the regular season. But like Jared Bednar was like, I haven't lost a game in like six months. And then he lost sixty games that year. Yep. Sixty games that year. Yeah. It uh it blew up quick. <laughs> so anyway, we appreciate all y'all. Uh yeah. Nah, not the same teams over and over is going to help. Yeah, it was yeah, the San Jose Sharks and, four times in a row. Well, like, <laughs> the St. Louis Arizona last yeah, year. Yeah, they played just a seven game series well, in the middle had, of the season because of all the of their yeah. the, all of the COVID teams yeah. around them were out it for was two Minnesota weeks. Minnesota, Colorado, yeah. and Vegas. Yeah, Dallas or not Dallas. Uh, the the the. The Sharks had like the the weird thing where they like couldn't go home. Yeah, they couldn't play in their own building. Yeah, and so yeah. like there was all these weird scheduling quirks, and they just ended up with seven games in a row. Yeah, it was like you two teams are healthy. You guys seem to be okay. Just keep playing each other, okay? <laughs> just keep playing each other. It's fine. <laughs> and everybody was like, "This is not fine. This is awful." <laughs> well, a February playoff series is bad for everybody. Yeah, no especially, more of that thing, especially between two shitty teams. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, but hey, they both have the honor of getting beaten by the Avs in consecutive playoff years. Yeah, so. they got waxed. Mm-hmm. They're only the only playoff win between those two teams came on the second night of a back-to-back, in which Colorado's backup goaltender played. Yep. So, good luck with that, Arizona and St. Louis. We're out of here. Appreciate you all. Hope to see you on tomorrow's show. Be sure to check out the previews. They're going at 1.30 p.m. Mountain every day, and then we'll follow up with, with shows, unless we're doing post games. But Yeah, and so far right now, I would say probably not planning on post game tomorrow because we don't know if we're going to be able to see it. So We'll have a post game Saturday, or at least I'm planning to because I'm planning to go to the game. Yeah. So we will have seen what happens yeah in that I, game. I'm planning on also being at the game Saturday. So we'll have a post game Saturday tomorrow. Whatever happens, happens. But we love you all. We'll talk to you next time.